Okay, good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday. It's I, Andrew DeVitri, the Mistress of Pop Culture, here to bring you a great episode. Um, having just come off of watching episode six of And Just Like That, the next chapter of Sex and the City on HBO Max, which is a stellar show. No, they don't sponsor me, nor does HBO Max. I'm just such a big fan of the show. I'm such a big fan of the streaming service, obviously. Um... But episode six came out, and it was fantastic for many, many reasons, which we will discuss and get into, of course. But uh, before I get into our stories of the day, um, I just want to say good morning, everybody. Sorry I didn't do an episode on Wednesday. I was a little under the weather, a little tired. I did get COVID tested, and I'm very grateful it came back negative, but I am, in fact, boosted. But, um, you know, there is a cold going around, and Omicron, from what I understand, very similar symptoms to the common cold. So it is a really interesting time. I mean, it's a weird time, but um, like all things, a little TV, a little relaxation, and a little bit of uh, time with my puppy are all the perfect ingredients to a remedy to heal, and um, that makes you very, very happy. But aside from that, I hope everybody's having a great week. We're almost at the end of the week, which is really exciting. Um, I'm just kind of, it's all like a blur. Like, is it, is it 2024 yet? You know, crazy. No, 2023. I'm already getting all the months and the days mixed up, which is pretty crazy. But it's been a it's been a productive day, and um, yeah, I have a good some great stories for you guys today. Five, five really great ones that I'm excited and very enthusiastic to break down and talk about, which you know makes my job, you know, great and fun. And uh, I don't want to say easy because it's it's not necessarily easy per se, but it, it's it's easy for me to give an opinion about a story that I'm really invested in, invested in, you know. So yeah, but aside from that. Um, that's pretty much all that's all that's just new with me personally. Oh, of course. How could I forget? I got a little bit of Botox. I got a little bit of a Botox touch-up on Wednesday. Laser Away, shout out to them. My favorite cosmetic group in LA. There's a few of them. And sometimes I go to the Santa Monica location or sometimes I go to the Woodland Hills location. But both are my favorite and they do a stellar job. And, uh, you know, a little bit of Botox and filler, you know, does a trick. Because, you know, I'm 32. I'm not 16 anymore, but I do look like I'm in my young 20s, which is really, really great. But I do take care of myself. You know, creams, potions, facials, masks, no drugs ever, minimal drinking, usually a cocktail here or two when I go out. Oh, speaking of going out, I went out with my cousin on Tuesday night and we had so much fun. We went out in Studio City. We found some great bars. Um, and we just had a, a gale time. Two gays out in the town, two queens out in the town. It was so much fun. And, you know, we went out earlier in the week, which is great because the bars weren't too busy. Although nightlife isn't so busy now because of Omar Khan and everyone, you know, being paranoid. But can't get into anywhere unless you show your Vax card, which is really great. So shout out to all the people who are working at the bars and restaurants here in L.A. Eternally grateful. Express my gratitude to you. But with all that being said, let's get into our stories because um, there's a lot I want to talk about. So obviously our sort of the big story, <clears throat> at least for me. Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, I have six stories today. How exciting. The sort of big piece of news that came out on Wednesday that I wanted to talk about right away was, um, and just like that, Chris Noth cut from the season one finale. Okay, this is from Deadline. Obviously, we know that Mr. Big, spoiler alert, passed away in the first episode of And Just Like That. There's 10 episodes, and there were paparazzi shots of SJP and Chris Noth in Paris, and what she seemingly looks like she's doing is dumping her ashes on the bridge where, you know, in the season finale of the series, um, well, series finale, An American Girl in Paris Part the um, you know, big and her walk on the bridge, and she says, take me home, and then he famously says to Carrie, you're the one. 
And then, you know, full circle moment, it looked like she was dumping his ashes. So um, I guess they're going to change the ending. And I mean, I'm sure it was a big expense because they flew SJP and Chris North to Paris. And obviously, you know, that's not an inexpensive trip and to have all the crew there. And I'm sure the COVID protocols were pretty extensive and whatnot. Um, so that, that was really, really interesting. But anyways, here are the details of that. This is again from Deadline. Chris Noth's surprise appearance and in Just Like That's finale airing on February 3rd has been scrapped. A source has confirmed to Deadline. The scrubbing is the latest fallout from for Noth, Noth, Chris Noth, um, following accusations of sexual assault, <laughs> which were made against the actor by multiple women. He has denied the allegations. Noth, who plays, uh, who portrays Mr. Big in the franchise, died in the premiere episode of HBO Max's Sex in the City spinoff and Just Like That, but was due to return in a flashback scene set in Paris. Um, Big's wife, Carrie Bradshaw, obviously played by the iconic Sarah Jessica Parker, tucked his ashes away in the closet of her brownstone until she found where she wanted him to be. In, the pap- in paparazzi photos shot in Paris, Carrie is shown emptying what looked like ashes out of her Eiffel Tower purse. Um into the river. HBO Max declined to comment. According to TV Line, who broke the news of the finale, added the creative team behind the series decided images shot in the City of Lights were not integral to the scene. Noth recently made his final appearance in CBS's Equalizer after it was announced that he was fired from the show in connection um, to the same allegation. So, you know, I'm, I'm really not surprised by this news. I don't think any of us are. Um, and I think it's the appropriate course of action. I do wonder how they're going to end it. I, I mean... You know, I, I, we can all um, have our theories and whatnot, but I think maybe Carrie can go to Paris and let go of the ashes and the flashback not be there. So we'll see, but I will be definitely tuning in, and I really, really like it. We only have four more episodes left because, as I said, episode six premiered tonight. And a little bit of a recap. It was great. It opened up with Carrie. She moved into a brand-new apartment. She still has her famous brownstone, but she moved into this gorgeous, gorgeous, very white, open-windowed, sunny apartment. Um, and, you know, she doesn't really love it. And then, you know, Cynthia, uh, Miranda, and Charlotte talk about everything that went down in Carrie's apartment. They addressed it, which is a little bit awkward. Um, Miranda's fantasizing about Shay, Anthony, and Carrie. Which, by the by, I'm loving this friendship between Carrie and Anthony. <laughs> oh, my God. She's tired. So unprofessional, but, you know, a girl's tired. I'm going to yawn. Um... I, I it, It's kind of, you know, since we lost the great Willie Garson um, and, and in the show, Stanford, you know, jetted off to manage a famous TikTok star, which is so funny and so meta. And it, 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 uh, it only makes sense that um, Anthony, you know, sort of replaced Stanford and now Carrie and Anthony are besties. And I love Anthony in the series. I'll never forget that episode where <laughs> Stanford is dating Marcus and... Um, they run into each other, and it's the prom episode, and Carrie's dating her college sweetheart. Oh, I love Sex and the City so much. I'm so, so, so grateful that they brought the show back. Um, and I'm really interested to know how they're going to wrap up the season, and I really hope it gets renewed for a second season. Like, I really, really, I just can't live without these girls. I need these girls. And I love um, Seema, you know, Carrie's realtor slash new bestie, because they... Um, and this is something that was really meaningful to me as an Indian um, of Indian descent. They celebrated Diwali in this Diwali in this episode, and Carrie was dressed in a beautiful sari, and her and Seema went to see Seema's family. 
<laughs> Second yard in a row. Uh-oh. Um, but yes, anyways, it was fabulous, so shout out to him just like that. And that brings us to our second story of the day, also from Deadline.com. And uh, speaking of HBO, someone of the HBO family who I am such a big fan of, um, Michael Imper- Imperioli, uh, if I'm, I, uh, my apologies if I'm butchering the pronunciation of the last name, who we all know from, of course, The Sopranos, um, will be joining White Lotus season two, which is so exciting. White Lotus was on HBO Max season one. Such a great show, iconic, so funny, so smart. It was like a delicious treat, a delicious piece of cake that you were savoring. It was just phenomenal. Uh, but White Lotus, Michael Imperioli, Imperioli to star in second installment of HBO series. Um, he's been tapped as a lead in the second installment of HBO's dark comedy series, The White Lotus. is a Pranos alum who will be a series regular is the first confirmed cast member for the upcoming follow-up to Mike White's breakout social satire limited series. The six-part original series followed visitors vacationing at The White Lotus, an exclusive Hawaiian resort. The second installment, also written to directed by and executive produced by White, will leave Hawaii behind for a new location. It's expected to follow a different group of vacationers at another White Lotus property. Um, he will play Dominic Di Grasso, a man traveling with his elderly father and recent college graduate son of the original cast. And out Jennifer Coolidge has been rumored to be returning. White executive produces. I mean, Jennifer Coolidge coming back will be great because she thinks she was a fan favorite for everybody who watched season one of the show. And I'm really, really excited because I loved him in The Sopranos. He was a, he's an incredible actor. He's so cute. And, um, you know, keep. I love that HBO keeps their uh, actors in the family. You know, it's it's great. And he's so supremely talented. I love The Sopranos so much. I mean, it was one of those shows that I watch over quarantine um, in mid-2020. And I just have to say, like... That there was not a weak link in that cast. I mean, from James Gandolfini, uh, who of course played Tony Soprano, to Edie Falco, who played um, his wife, uh, to Drea De Matteo, to Lorraine Bracco, who played the therapist, to um, yeah, everyone. I mean, uh, Jamie Lynn Siegler, who played. Meadow Soprano. I mean, everybody was so good. It was such a great show, and I love it so much. <laughs> and I, I thought it was genius. And I mean, the fact that there was a point in time, and actually I had this conversation with somebody the other day, the fact that there was a point in time where Sex and the City and The Sopranos aired at the same, those two shows were airing at the same time is like out of control. I mean, I can't even handle it. And I love Sex and the City, and I love that I got to, I, I'm getting to revisit that now, but I also love that I caught up on The Sopranos at more of an adult, mature age, when I probably could understand thematically uh, more about the show, so... So exciting. Congratulations to him. Christopher Maltosani has got to be back in our lives, everybody. So, woo-woo. Thanks for to our third story of the day. A little bit about Kim K news. Because what would, what, would, what would the world of pop culture be like without Miss Kardashian? Well, formerly West. But anyways, TMZ is reporting. Kim and Pete. Things are headed south in the Bahamas. See, it's a bit of a misleading headline. A clickbaity headline. Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson are all smiles and ready to soak up the sun during their first vacation as a couple, picking the Bahamas as their maiden destination. The duo arrived Wednesday with the help of a private jet and a boat. Oh, glamorous. Um, when they finally hit land, they were clearly not dressed for the beach, but that's about to change. TMZ has learned that they're staying at a private home right on the water with close friends, including Simon Huck. One thing is for sure, both Pete and Kim seem stoked to be together, massively grinning as they checked out the scenery. Our TMZ sources say Kim finds Pete, quote, extremely charming. And her friends have given her stamp 
her their stamp of approval. Of course, the trip comes at the heels of Kanye's whirlwind rendezvous with actress Julia Fox, who saw them in, uh, which saw them in Miami and New York. As TMZ reported, Ye and Julia had a double date at the at Carbone in Miami before heading to NYC Tuesday, where they took in Broadway's Slave Play before dining again at Carbone in the city. One thing that's hard to ignore, Kanye's been dressing Fox in Balenciaga, a brand Kim's almost exclusively worn over the last year. During the <laughs> NYC date night, Julia first wore a blue coat before getting decked out in a coat, gloves, purse, and top from Balenciaga. And one more interesting thing, Kim's favorite restaurant in NYC is Carbone. While we've seen Kim and P go coast to coast, this is the first time they've traveled abroad. But don't expect any couple's trips with Ye and Julia anytime soon. Well, I don't know if this is TMZ trying to, like, fuel a fire or, you know, whatever. But I part of me thinks Kanye's doing this to get Kim's attention. But also, we all know, like, from Amber Rose to Kim, Kanye's a muse. He loves to dress his queens. And, and you know, uh, he's a fashion guy. And he loves his women to wear beautiful clothes. And I think that that's amazing. And I think this Julia Fox girl's gorgeous. I mean, she's very different looking than Kim. Um, I think she might be Caucasian, but she looks beautiful in these clothes. And hey, that's awesome. And uh, it's okay if Kanye moves on because Kim is moving on. And I'm sure Kim wants the best for Kanye. And, you know, she, as we've all been reading, she's very adamant that she wanted the divorce. She wanted the dissolution of the marriage to happen. So, you know, Kanye's got to move on. He doesn't have to, but, you know, it's good. He should find love as, as Kim, you know, is allegedly dating Pete because it hasn't been confirmed. But we'll see. Anyways, that was a very interesting story. But speaking of the Kardashian-Jenner group, E! News is reporting Chris Jenner's boyfriend, Corey Gamble, who we all love, shows support for Tristan Thompson after apology to Khloe Kardashian. This was a very interesting thing that I read, and I was like, well, good for Corey. <laughs> Excuse me. Corey Gamble is rooting for Tristan Thompson. On Tuesday... Uh, January 4th, the 41-year-old talent manager publicly showed his support for the NBA star attending the Sacramento Kings matchup against the Los Angeles Lakers at the Crypto.com Arena in uh, <laughs> I can't even say it. Crypto.com Arena in LA. Although the Kings lost to the Lakers um, 114 to 122, Corey, who is currently dating Chris Jenner, continued to root for Tristan following the game. In video footage obtained by E! News, he was seen holding the NBA star's number 13 jersey to the paparazzi as he's made his way to the car. The sighting came just days after Tristan, 30, revealed that a paternity test had determined that he indeed fathered a baby boy to Marilee Nichols, a woman who was suing him for pregnancy and child-related expenses. In addition, Tristan issued a public apology to Khloe Kardashian, with whom he shares three-year-old daughter, True Thompson. Quote, Chloe, you don't deserve this, Tristan wrote. You don't deserve the heartache and humiliation I have caused you. You don't deserve the way I have treated you over the years. My actions certainly have not lined up with the way I view you. I have the utmost respect and love for you, regardless of what you think. Again, I am so incredibly sorry. Well, look, it makes total sense that Corey Gamble would support Tristan. I mean, they're obviously family. We don't know what Chloe feels about this. We don't know what the girls think because they've been, you know, pretty mum. But, um, it's, you know, they're family. And, and, and it's great that Corey's showing his support. Of course, we don't know how Chloe feels about that, but if she feels anything at all, who knows? But, uh, you know, family supports family. That's why the Kardashians are so famously loyal to each other. So it was it, that was a very interesting thing to read. And I really like Corey Gamble, at least from, you know, the photos and the videos I see. And I really like him on the show. So you go, Corey. Go, Co. You go. Okay, fifth story of the day. This is from CNN. This is a very interesting bit of flashback to COVID. Well, 2020. Gal Gadot says controversial Imagine video was in poor taste. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of people thought this at the time, but, you know, celebrities were just being celebrities and doing their thing. 
Wonder Woman herself, Gal Gadot, was kicked off 2022 by thoroughly addressing the controversial star-studded quote imagine video that went viral for <coughs> all the red all the wrong reasons. I need water, my throat is really dry. For all the wrong reasons at the start of the global pandemic. In an interview with InStyle for the magazine's February issue, the Wonder Woman actress said in the video, which also featured the likes of Kristen Wiig, Jamie Dornan, and Natalie Portman singing the classic John Lennon song, had, quote, all pure intentions, but she acknowledged that it was, quote, in poor taste. Um, Ghetto uh, organized a video in March 2020, just as countries across the globe entered lockdown for the first time and posted it on Instagram with a caption, quote, we are all in this together, we will get through it together. The clip met with immediate backlash as many took to social media to call it, quote, tone deaf. It was widely mocked in the months that followed. The former uh, Miss Israel told in style that she now finds the controversy, quote, funny and said that as the pandemic hit Europe and Israel before it came to the U.S., she was, quote, seeing where everything was headed, but the video was premature. It wasn't the right thing. It, I'm sorry, it wasn't the right timing. It wasn't the right thing. It was in poor taste. Gal Gadot admitted that, quote, sometimes you don't hit the bullseye despite the infamous video's good intentions. In October 2021, the star showed that she wasn't afraid to poke fun of her clip at herself when she received an honor at L's Women in Hollywood Awards and used the opportunity to jokingly perform a few new lines from Imagine on stage. Look, um, there's nothing better than when a celebrity acknowledges... It's self-aware. I mean, I love celebrities who are self-aware. And it's great. You poke fun of yourself. Um, I personally didn't think that the Imagine video was in poor taste. I just thought it was kind of corny as hell. And I was like, okay, well, celebrities are definitely not going to relate to somebody who is living in a one-bedroom apartment with, in a say, maybe domestic abuse situation or has no money. Definitely not relatable. But like Gal Gadot said, sometimes you don't hit the bullseye. You miss the, the bullseye. But... Uh, it's all if your intention is pure and you want to make people happy and that's just what you were trying to do and it doesn't it doesn't make that happen well your intention was good so yeah so but i love gal gadot and i love wonder woman and i love wonder woman too because i love that at the end of the film the original wonder woman was in a spoiler alert if you haven't seen it but linda linda um is it linda cardellini no linda cardellini is chutney and Lily blonde uh what's her name the original wonder woman you know who I'm talking about. Anyways, this brings us to our sixth and final story of the day. TMZ is reporting. Kanye West headlining Coachella claims report. I mean, I'd love to hear this. I mean, Kanye is a musical genius and I love his music so much. And I mean, I think he would be great. Kanye West is filling the third and final headliner spot at this year's Coachella, which almost certainly means Travis Scott is getting left out of this year's festival, uh, at least according to a new report. Variety says that they have sources who claim Kanye has signed on as one of the famous events, big names for 2022, joining the other two headliners in Billie Eilish and Swedish House Mafia. I love Swedish House Mafia. Don't you worry, don't you worry, child. Brings me back to my college days. Wow, love it. I love that they're still relevant. Coachella is coming back after two years off um, due to the pandemic, and the 2020 edition had Frank Ocean, Rage Against the Machine, and Travis Scott as the headliners before it was scrapped. If Kanye joins the fold it appears highly unlikely travis will take the stage at coachella this april in indio california but there's yet to be an official announcement either way kanye will certainly be a big draw and he's got some new music to perform too remember he recently dropped his latest album donda yeezy performed a few donda listening parties last year and last month he took the stage with drake for the free larry hoover benefit concert in la look i love i love kanye as an artist like i just said so this is really exciting and i hope that um, Coachella goes through because obviously right now we're sort of in a grim place because of the Omicron variant. Um, so I'm not sure how 
hosting a big music festival with thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are drinking, partying, and most likely doing drugs will be safe, but I am not a party uh, or and or event coordinator, so I can't really give my opinion, but um, how great, you know? I love Billie Eilish, I love Sudeshaus Mafia, and I love Kanye West. So what a, a trio of stellar performers. And I'm very much looking forward to the music, the, the videos I'm going to see on YouTube and Instagram stories and whatnot from those who go because I won't be going because, girl, I want to lie in bed. Well, that is our Thursday episode, everybody. So thank you so much for joining in. Those are some good stories. And I got to talk about my Sex in the City recap, which I'm really happy about. So I'm kind of maybe glad I took Wednesday off. Maybe that's the schedule I'll just do. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. We'll see. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I'm Andrew Dimitri, the mistress of pop culture, here to deliver you fabulous pop culture stories. You can stream my podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Cast Plus Radio, iTunes, the podcast app, the iPhone, basically anywhere where podcasts stream. Have a fabulous, safe, and uh, healthy week, productive week, and um, wear a mask, get boosted, and stay safe because there's a lot of stuff going around right now. And, you know, I don't like having a cold, but yeah, can't help it. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.